gossiping down in school where praying is against the rule. Well, this great nation under God finds mention of him very odd. If scripture now the class of science, it violates the Bill of Rights. Anytime my head I bow becomes a federal matter now. The law is clear. The law is precise. Prayer allowed is a crime of vice. For praying in a public hall might offend someone with no faith at all. In silence we must meditate. The name of God banned by the state. We can cuss and swear and dress like priests and pierce our noses, tongues, and cheeks. They mouthful of prayer, the first of the Bible. Both a good book, and you'll be liable to drugs. They tell us, just say no. But sex, be safe, and then you go. Elect a pregnant senior queen, but chastity is a distant dream. They dare not be just right from wrong. They say those judgments don't belong. We get our condoms, birth controls, study witchcraft, new age, and totem poles. Well, the Ten Commandments are not allowed. No word of God can reach this crowd. It's scary here, I must confess. Where chaos reigns, the school of mess. So, Lord, this silent plea I make, should I be shot, my soul be stake. Amen. Sad commentary, is it not? You may recall that in the last few years before his death, Pope St. John Paul II gave us two specific intentions. Two primary intentions to pray for all the zeal and intensity in our souls if we are going to avert the impending disaster for the church and the world today. First, the cause of world peace. World peace so greatly threatened by the rise of international terrorism, the rise of militant Islamic fundamentalism, and the proliferation of nuclear weapons. Second, the cause of the family. The family under such relentless attack by the culture of death and the gates of hell. Pope Francis says this, quote, Today, the family is threatened by the growing effort to redefine the very institution of marriage by relativism, by the culture of the ephemeral, and by a lack of openness to love. The cause of world peace and the cause of the family. What is the link? What's the connection between the two? Mother Teresa of Calcutta used to say, the disruption of peace in the world always begins with the disruption of peace in the family. No peace in the family, no peace in the world. That's just how it is. No peace in the family, no peace in our schools, no peace on the streets, no peace in society. And in the end, it must fall. When Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is driven out, the Prince of this world, the devil that is, who rushes to fill that void, there will be hell to him. At the time of the American Revolution, great statesman Edmund Burke said, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. My brothers and sisters in Christ, for far too long, too many of us have been content to do nothing. Too many of us who call ourselves Catholics have been content 
to sit back and stand like-mindedly and watch the pagan conquest of this country. And for many, not just the pagan conquest of our country, but they're content to sit back and watch the pagan conquest of their own homes, their own families, their own kids.
Prayer is the open channel between us and God. God's incredible power set loose in prayer as it is in no other form or fashion. It is always through the life of prayer, the Holy Spirit can ignite a fire in you, and that fire can change your way of thinking and feeling and acting. It can change your heart and your soul and your life and your family into what God wants it to be. Prayer can transform your human power, your natural gifts and talents and abilities into the supernatural power of God. Prayer, we say, is life's most important activity. Prayer is to the soul what rain is to the soil. Without it, everything will wither away and it will die. What is the essence of prayer? It is mental prayer. Mental prayer. Now, there's nothing complicated at all about the concept of mental prayer. The most simple child can do it and do it well because there's nothing more than speaking to God from your heart. There is the Latin term, core, on the core, locivo, heart to heart, Conversation. That's the essence of prayer. St. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church, the great mystic and master of the interior life, used to say, There is only one road that leads to God, and that road is prayer. And if anyone shows you another one, they are deceiving you. She gave us a simple classic definition of mental prayer. She said this quote, mental prayer is nothing more than an inner friendship, a frequent heart-to-heart -heart conversation with him by whom we know ourselves beloved. End quote. Pope St. John Paul II said this quote, every day devote some time to conversing with God. This is the real proof of your love for him, for love always seeks to be near to the beloved. This is why prayer should be put before everything else. Whoever does not understand this, or does not put it into practice, cannot excuse himself by saying he has no time, he has no love, end quote. You see, that's how simple it is. If you don't pray, don't say you have no time and say you have no love. You know, I have to say, in all honesty, when I had the chance to work with young people, teens especially, it can be somewhat discouraging at times. Because I find that so many of our young people are typically so badly catechized. They know so little about their faith. And so many are so disengaged from the things of God, the supernatural realities of life. When I get the chance to talk to the kids, one-on-one, -on -one, teens especially, I usually ask three very basic questions. Question number one. Do you love God? Usually, right away, the answer, yeah, yeah, I love God. That's great.
Second question would be, do you make time to pray? Usually the answer will be something like this. Well, sometimes. Nah, not really. The third question will be, do you go to Sunday Masses? Do you attend Mass on Sundays? And usually the answer will be something like this. Well, Saint Monica often prayed for the conversion of her husband. 
Her husband was a man named Patricius. Patricius was a pagan, a drunkard, abusive when he drank. But because of St. Monica's constant example of patience and persistence and perseverance, because of the holiness and goodness of her life, in the end, both her son and her husband were converted in a big way. I think St. Monica is a great saint for our time. I find myself talking about her wherever I go these days. Because in a special way, she is a role model. She is the exemplar of perseverance in prayer and confidence in God. Now, think of the life of St. Monica. What did she ever do that would have been seen as great in the sight of the world? What did she ever accomplish? The world would have taken note of. In her day, she was a simple, humble, hidden, unknown soul. But she did something. She achieved something truly great in the sight of Almighty God. She prayed for her family. She never gave up. Her mother's love never failed. That is something great in the sight of heaven. One time I was speaking at the St. Louis Marian Conference, and this conference was held in this huge hotel ballroom, and it was on a Saturday night, and I got over the subject, and there were more than a thousand people there that night in the ballroom. But I said to everybody there, um, now raise a hand if you have a family member, a loved one, who has left the church and abandoned the practice of faith. I'm not kidding you. I'm not exaggerating. I did not see a single adult who didn't raise a hand. Everywhere we go today, we meet the parents and the grandparents who are agonized endlessly over the fact that loved ones, sons, daughters, kids, and grandkids have abandoned the faith and so often are living terribly, terribly immoral lives. They ask us what they should do. My first response is always pray. Pray always and never lose heart. But remember, that alone is not good enough in the sight of Almighty God. With the power of prayer, perseverance in prayer, is also the obligation and often a grave moral obligation to make fraternal correction. You've got to encourage them and admonish them to get back to the practice of the faith. And if they won't listen to you, then all that you can do is to pray for them, but don't just keep your mouth shut. If you don't speak up, maybe nobody else will. Maybe they'll lose their souls. Sometimes it's hard to do that. It's hard to speak up when you know you may upset someone who is close to you. They may get mad at you. But remember this, as I said the other night, the greatest love of all is concern for your loved one's eternal salvation. There's no greater love than that. You probably know that uh, Mother Angelica, the founder of the Eternal Word Television Network, passed away on Easter Sunday. But I remember.
remember something Mother Angelica always used to say. When it comes to fraternal correction, right? She would say, what would you do if you saw somebody you love running full speed toward the edge of a cliff, about to be killed? Would you stand by and watch them pull over, plunge to the death? Would you try to stop them? Would you try to knock them down? If you saw someone you love, the son, daughter, child, about to run out into the street in front of a back truck, what would you do? Would you watch, stand by idly, or would you try to stop them, trip them up, knock them down, do whatever it takes to preserve them from the danger? If you knock them down, you may hurt them a little bit. They may get mad at you, but you're saving their life. Right? That's the most important thing. Now, the great theologian St. Thomas Aquinas gave us three basic rules, guidelines for making fraternal correction. He said, first, it should be done privately. Take them aside. Don't embarrass them in front of others. Second, it must always be done in charity. Don't beat them over the head with the truth. Don't assume an attitude of superiority. That doesn't work very well either. Finally, it should be made infrequently. In other words, don't panic. Don't panic. It doesn't do any good. But again, don't just keep your mouth shut. You know, as I said, if you speak up to try to correct someone you love, they may turn on you. You may experience rejection, anger. You may be annoying to them. Pope Francis says, if you annoy them, blessed be the Lord, right? Our Lord revealed to St. Faustina what is his favorite prayer. Our Lord says his favorite prayer, one prayer he will always hear and answer is the prayer for the conversion of sin. You know, God is calling many, many, millions of parents to be St. Monica's to their families. Remember, the parents' prayers are incredibly powerful in the sight of Almighty God, precisely because of their depth of love, the intensity of love that is typically behind you. A mother's prayers, all a mother's prayers are also in the sight of Almighty God. So often, it is only a mother's prayer standing between her loved ones and the loss of their souls. But remember this, church history has proven time and time again, moral miracles happen constantly. No one no soul is so darkened, no heart is so hardened that they are beyond hope of conversion. No one is beyond the reach of the divine mercy. So remember, if you're praying for somebody you love, you may not live to see the fruits of your prayers, but they will come in God's time and in God's way as long as you don't give up, persevere. Prayer is the key to salvation. Jesus said, if you live in me, 
and my voice be a part of you, you may have, but you will. Ask what you will, it'll be done for you. The saints became saints because they understood the power of prayer. They believed and they knew that prayer has the power to change your life and the lives of others, and they proved it. About three centuries ago, St. Alphonsus Liguori, the founder of the Redemptor's Order, had a simple saying, a general rule. He said, those who pray will be saved. Those who fail to pray will be damned. He said, God does not speak to those who never speak to him. Now, Pope Benedict XVI had a little commentary on the words of St. Alphonsus. He said this, quote, The saint wanted us to understand that, that in every situation of life, we need to pray, especially in times of trial and difficulty. He who prays is certainly saved, and he who does not pray is certainly damned. To save one's soul without prayer is most difficult, even as we have seen, impossible. We often know what is good, but are not capable of doing it. Through prayer we can. The disciple of the Lord knows he is always exposed to temptation, and in prayer never fails to ask God for help to conquer it. Prayer, our most effective weapon in the battle of the spiritual life. constantly bombarded with every kind of temptation, especially the temptations against purity. The movies, the television, the internet, the pornography, the immodesty of dress. We're living in a sex-saturated culture, and for that reason, it really takes a heroic effort. The key word here is heroic. A heroic effort to be able to put that virtue of chastity Jesus said, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. We know that human strength alone will never be sufficient to overcome temptation. You have to reinforce the, all the means of grace. First of all, the power of prayer. Second, meditating on the inspired word of God. The saints have taught us. You drive out bad thoughts by bringing in good thoughts, holy thoughts. That's where spiritual waking and meditation comes in. You can't grow the spiritual life without it. Third, frequent worthy reception of the sacraments, especially frequent confession. Every time you come to confession, you make a good confession. In addition to receiving the forgiveness of your sins, you're also receiving a sacrament of grace that strengthens you from within to resist temptation in the future. And finally, Avoiding the occasions of sin. The occasions of sin. So often as near at hand as a television remote. Well, the mouse click, the computer, the internet, the iPhone that gets surgically attached to one hand or the other. You've got to avoid the occasions of sin. If you do not, you will not remain long in the state of grace. Another one of my favorite saints, Padre Pio, Saint Pio Petrocina, great mystic of the last century. He had a famous saying, pray, hope, and don't worry. 
Easier said than done, right? Many Catholics have heard that. They don't know the location. Here's the quote. He said, pray, hope, and don't worry. Anxiety will not help at all. Prayer is the key that opens the heart of God. Trust in the infinite goodness of God. The Holy Captured Friar, Father Salon's case, the servant of God, is the same. The biggest mistake we make in life is to set limits on God's power and God's goodness. When we do that, we never find out what God can do with our lives. The greatest saint of the 14th century was St. Catherine of Siena. St. Catherine of Siena wrote a classic work of mystical theology called the Dialogues. The Dialogues of St. Catherine of Siena, she records the messages communicated to her by God the Father and our Lord by means of interior locutions. To St. Catherine of Siena, God the Father said this, I give my protective care to all who want it. I give my protective care to all who want it. To those who ask for prayer. But, of course, we're Americans. And how easy it is for us to lose ourselves in a world of technology. It's so easy for so many of us make for ourselves an electronic dream world. We can live in a technological fantasy world to escape from reality. PhD TVs, 460 channels, the computers, the internet, the cell phone, the smartphone, the iPads, the social networking thing, the Facebook, the Twitter. Again, I think this is why so many of our young people especially are so disengaged from reality. Some people are people there becoming what I like to call high-tech zombies. Hmm? Mesmerized by all the gadgetry, but they make no time for the ultimate reality God to whom we have unlimited access 24-7, no monthly charges. <laughs> you know, we're told that there are now 68 billion Catholics in the United States. Unfortunately, the vast majority of them seem to be Catholic in name only. And we find that now every time there's a national election, don't we? How many are there who never fail to cast their rotten lot for the culture of death? You think God doesn't see, God doesn't care. But could you imagine what could be accomplished if 68 billion Catholics would pray together, stand together, stand as one, stand in solidarity with our bishops? Do you think the government would be trying to bully us right now and shove the culture of death down our throats? And force the little sisters of the poor to pay for contraceptives and abortifacients. I don't think so. Friends, I'll tell you what I think. If we Catholics would spend 
half the time in prayer. A quarter of the time, a tenth of the time in prayer, we spend in front of the TV set or the internet, we could convert this country. We could bring this country back to Christ. I believe that. But now your prayer has this kind of power. If God uses prayer to change and guide and direct the course of events in our lives, if prayer is so absolutely essential for our well-being, well now for all eternity, then the question is, why do we pray so little? How is it we have time for everything but prayer? How is it we can sit for hours at a time in front of the TV set think nothing of it? Sit for two hours at a time and watch a movie and think nothing of it? Sit for three hours at a time and watch a ball game and think nothing of it? Or even 10 or 15 or 20 minutes of silent, daily, personal prayer time is too much. Too much of a burden. Jesus says, could you not watch with me for one hour? Why is prayer such a low priority in our lives? The saints became saints because they understood the power of prayer. They knew there is a spiritual principle involved in the dynamics of prayer, and it's a very simple business. Back in the virtue of humility again. When a man or a woman gets on his or her knees and turns to God in a spirit of humility, a spirit of total dependence upon him, then something very mysterious and miraculous begins to happen in that person's life. God begins to take over. The Holy Spirit goes to work. That's when the impossible becomes possible precisely because Nothing is impossible with God. The Bible, the book of Sirach, chapter 35, verse 16 says, The prayer of the humble pierces the clouds and it reaches the heavens and it does not return until God hears and answers. Now, at this point, I have a little Catholic trivia question for you. After our blessed mother and Saint Joseph, which saint seems to have the greatest popularity in the church? Let me put it in another way. After our lady and Saint Joseph, which saint has the largest number of representations in sacred artwork? Statues, paintings, icons, holy cards, and the like. Do you think it would be St. Peter, the rock, first pope? Or maybe the Apostle St. Paul, the greatest missionary in the history of the church? Or St. John, the evangelist, the beloved disciple? Or one of the other apostles? Um, do you think it would be the Holy St. Francis of Assisi? Or maybe the great St. Patrick? Actually, it is not a man. In fact, it is not a man. It is a woman. Hint, <coughs> hint. It is Saint Therese of the Zoo, the little flower. Hmm? Right. Now, think of the life of Saint Therese. Young girl, at the convent at the age of 15, never left the convent after she entered it, died at the age of 24 was in religious life less than nine years outside the members of her own family and her own religious sisters. Few people ever knew her. In her day, 
the world did not even know she was alive, and yet she is called a patron saint of missionaries. The church believes that Saint Therese of Rizou brought as many souls to Christ as did some of the greatest missionaries in the history of the church, like Saint Francis Xavier, Saint Anthony Paddle. Saint Therese is named Doctor of the Church. The doctors are, of course, the greatest theologians in the 2,000-year history of the church. She's the 33rd. Pope St. Pius X called her the greatest saint of modern times. How could it be? How did she do it? What was the secret? In fact, it was no secret at all. It was the perfection of her love expressed in the simplicity of her prayers. It was the spirituality she called her little way, way of spiritual childhood. She called it her little way because anybody who wants to live a holy life can follow. And it means just doing little things, simple things, everyday, ordinary things with great love. It centers around just being faithful to your daily duties, no matter what your state in life. It means saying every little prayer, carrying out every little task, every little responsibility, doing every little job, offering up every cross, the big ones, and the small ones alike, in a spirit of perfect love and obedience and humility and simplicity. It means doing every little thing for the love of God, the pure love of God in the heart. That's what makes a saint. She said this, listen. St. Therese said, My whole strength lies in prayer. Prayer is an invincible weapon. Prayer enkindles the fires of love in the heart. Prayer brings joy to the soul. Prayer moves hearts far better than words ever can. She said, I know it by experience. Prayer moves hearts far better than words ever can. Speaking of a humble prayer, another great example for our time. Mother Teresa. One time, a reporter was interviewing Mother Teresa and asking her what was the secret of her great holiness of life, and how she was able to accomplish so much in her lifetime, how she was able to found one of the greatest orders of women religious in the world, the missionaries in charity, how she and her sisters were able to minister to tens of thousands of sick, starving, dying souls being took off of the streets of some of the most impoverished cities in the world. The poorest of the poor. Once mother called Christ in his most distressing disguise. How she was able to touch so many millions of hearts in her lifetime. How she was able to bring countless souls to Christ. And Mother Teresa answered with her typical simplicity with two words. She said, I pray. I pray. Mother used to say, Remember, when you pray, God speaks most loudly and clearly in the silence of your heart. The kingdom of God is within you. She used to say, When you pray, remember, don't you do all the talking, but you make the time to listen, listen in silence, attended to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit in your heart and soul. She said this, quote, oh, 
The fruit of silence is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. The fruit of faith is love. The fruit of love is service. The fruit of service is peace. She said, if you want to have peace of soul, if you want to have Christian joy in your life, here's the key. Get your priorities straight. It centers around that little word, joy. The letters J-O-Y. Here's your priority. First, Jesus. Second, others. Last, yourself. Jesus, others, yourself. That's the key piece. Mother used to say, people ask me, what will convert America and save the world? My answer is prayer. What we need is for every parish to come before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and Holy Hours of Prayer. She said, the time you spend with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament will be the best, the most profitable time you will ever spend here on earth. I mentioned to you the other night that Pope Francis compares the church to a battlefield hospital where the people of God come to find healing from the wounds they receive in the spiritual plan of life. All these years I've been traveling around talking about the spiritual battle of our time. And uh, you know, if you're at war, if you're gonna win in battle, <laughs> you gotta have the right kind of weapons, right? Now, this may seem strange to you. Uh, this may sound odd to you. I'm a priest. I may be a priest, I own an assault weapon. You don't know it. You can't see it. But I am carrying on my person right now an assault weapon. I have got right here a high capacity magazine and a 50 round clip. Here it is, folks. Weapon to assault the gates of hell. Here is the invincible weapon that comes to us directly from heaven through the hands of our Blessed Mother, the Holy Rosary. Andre Pio called the Rosary his weapon, his shield against Satan. These are our beams for battle. From St. Pius X once said, Give me an army of holy souls, pray the Rosary, and I'll conquer the world. The saints believed that God will never refuse the prayers of our Blessed Mother because Mary never refused God anything he asked of her when she was on earth, not even her only son. My brothers and sisters, prayer is the life of the soul. Please don't ever say there is nothing I can do. There is a lot you can do. Pray. Hope. Don't worry. Anxiety will not grow. Prayer is the key that opens the heart of God. Trust in the infinite goodness of God. Amen. Amen. Okay, once again.
talks about healing over the years. And um, the proceeds, the donations for those CD sets go for the education of our seminarian soul. It's kind of like uh, an investment in the future of the priesthood. God knows we need it now. So check those out. Thanks for coming.